The following is a presentation of A's Cast, your free 24-7 nonstop destination for A's baseball. Go to athletics.com slash A's Cast to download the app. Restrictions apply. This is Green and Gold History. 50 plus years of stories, championships, and colorful characters. A's are the world champion. This is A's Baseball. This is Green and Gold History. Two-time World Series champion, two-time All-Star, two-time Gold Glove winner, the face of the franchise, Ray Fossey with us here on A's Cast Live. Foss, how is your offseason going? Uh, it's going just great. How about yours? Well, I miss being around everybody, and I, and I wish the athletics were still playing. It would have been nice, but I think you can look forward to next year. Uh, great pitching staff. I think things are going to be a lot better. Uh, the club is going to be, I think, even better having played in back-to-back postseasons. And you learn a lot, and I think the A's have learned uh, this past year and some good things I think are going to be happening in the future. You know, when I think about winning the World Series, it is not easy to do. It's not easy to repeat. And I think, like, right now what you're seeing, as people are going to hear this interview for the next couple weeks, but right now when we're doing this interview, the Nationals are up 0-2. You know what it's like to be an underdog in the World Series. Uh, take us through it, because I'm, I'm assuming you, you take it personally. I think exactly right, and I, I think from the national standpoint, uh, watching the game and, and hearing everybody say, well, the uh, Nationals, uh, severe underdogs coming into the game. But you know the one thing, or in the World Series, the one thing that the Astros have, but I think the Nationals have better, and that's a starting staff. Because when they signed Corbin, they got Max Scherzer from Detroit. Of course, they had Strasburg, who you know, was drafted by them. And how about Anibal Sanchez? I mean, that's four outstanding starting pitchers. You get starting pitching, you're going to win a lot of World Series. And, and Tony, I've said this before, and you've heard me say it, but I'll say it again. In 1974, the A's used a total of five pitchers in a five-game World Series and became world champions for the third consecutive year against the Los Angeles Dodgers. So it can happen, but if you have good pitching, because always realize that in postseason, you're facing the best. And hitting will be down. And it's been proven that that has happened, except last night or the, the second game whenever Kurt Suzuki hit the home run and then the Astros or the uh, Nationals scored all those runs. But, you know, it, it, I thought with the layoff that the Nationals had after sweeping the Cardinals in the uh, uh, National League Championship Series, I thought they would be a little bit down. But maybe, as they kept saying, the older guys needed the time off. But bottom line, they've played outstanding baseball, and, and I think that is the bottom line. The, the week off didn't affect them. The Astros are not playing at least the way we have seen them in the past. So it's, it's great to see the Nationals do so well. well we're, we're happy for Kurt Suzuki, obviously, and a, a great story about him almost retiring, similar to Stephen Volt, why I've stepped in. Hey, you're going to continue to play. And in both cases, it's turned out to be great. What was the first World Series you remember as a baseball fan growing up in Illinois? I remember when actually World Series were played during the daytime. How about that? And sneak my transistor radio into the class and listen to the game because we had to go to school. But remember, too, at that time, and we're going back several years, the division series or the league championship series, what, 1969? Because I know when we played in the World Series, it was a league championship series of five games just to get to the World Series. But when I was growing up 
and listening to the World Series, they were over by probably the 10th or 12th of October because at that time it was the American League playing the National League. They go to the World Series, seven-game series, if that's what it's going to be, and all of a sudden it's over. But I, I, I'll be honest with you. I think it's harder now because you have the wild card, you win that, then you have to win the division series of five-game. It's almost a breath of fresh air when you get into the league championship series because it's seven games, and, of course, the World Series is seven games as well. I don't believe that, you know, people say, well, the two out of three in the wild card. And, you know, people will listen to me and say, well, the A's have lost the wild card the last two years. But in essence, if you think back not too long ago, a wild card, the fourth and fifth best teams never had a chance to even get in postseason. So it's really been beneficial. Uh, I think the uh, Angels won their own world championship as, as a wild card winner. The Giants did it. Uh, nationals are trying to do it. Uh, and, and so if, if that's the case, um, you know, more power to them to be able to do that. But have the one game, have it be do or die, win or go home. And that's what the Nationals did. Unfortunately, they did not do it. But to answer your question, it was a lot of fun growing up. I always liked the Cardinals. They were my favorite team growing up in Southern Illinois. I had the choice between the Chicago Cubs or the St. Louis Cardinals. Cubs were farther up north in Illinois than the Cardinals were in uh, in St. Louis. So maybe in today's world with the freeways, hour and a half. But, you know, I thought it was a 10-hour road trip, you know, to go to the, watch the Cardinals game when I was growing up. But it was a lot of fun to listen to the Yankees play, uh, the Cardinals in World Series, and, and just really live a dream that I had hoped that would happen. And fortunately, it did for me because in third grade, I said I wanted to be a professional baseball player. And I was able to, uh, to have that dream come true. And then, of course, stay in the game as a broadcaster even better. And back then, as we're going through the history of the World Series and how do you prepare for a World Series, back then the National League and the American League didn't play. So when right. you're getting ready for your opponent, what did you have in 73 and 74? What did you have on the Mets? What did you have on the Dodgers? Because you never played them. Great scouting, and I, I'm very happy to hear and read recently that A.J. Hinch talked about the importance of scouts. Uh, you have to have them, and, and if you don't play, and no interleague play during that period of time like you mentioned, you depended on your scouts. And I remember after beating in my first, it was the Orioles both times, but in 1973, I'll, I'll be honest with you, Tony, I was a nervous wreck, thinking we have to win game five to even go to the World Series. And so by the time we had our scouts, tell us about the, the New York Mets in 1973, you know, it was like, what are you talking about? I, I'm just trying to catch my breath because it was almost anticlimactic just to get into the World Series. But scouts are so important because during the month of September, as we travel, you'll see, we will see all kinds of scouts from all teams. And as teams are eliminated, you see those scouts go home. And, and we saw that with the Cleveland Indians. Once they were eliminated, I think there was a scout in Seattle, and he said, well, see you later, I'm out of here tomorrow because the Indians had lost. But they have advanced scouts. They, uh, I, I, the one thing I remember, um, the Yankees had two scouts. And we, scouting, even during the regular season, they had a pitcher, former pitcher, who scouted the pitchers, and a former position player who scouted the position players. And that was unheard of because normally you have one scout doing the advance. But you get to postseason, you'll have every team with the possibility of getting to the postseason attending games, watching, you know, of course, everybody's watching the A's figure they're going to advance beyond the wild card and, and go beyond to even get to the World Series. Unfortunately, it didn't happen. But, but the scouts are the most important thing, Tony. If you do not have a good scouting system, guys who can pinpoint exactly what's going on, 
I remember talking to Sal Bando after the 72 World Series. And, of course, whenever we became teammates, I said, how did you do it? And the scout told them exactly everything that the Cincinnati Reds were going to do. And I experienced that same thing whenever I was part of the team playing the New York Mets. We knew everything about them. We knew what Tom Seaver was going to throw, what Jerry Kuzman was going to throw as a pitcher, you know, what, how Rusty Staub was going to hit. I mean, there were no shifts. But I will admit that our guys could have probably pitched to the shift a little bit better than some in today's world. But scouts are so important. And you have to have scouts not watching TV. You have to have scouts in the stands making sure that they see every little thing happen. Because on television, as you know, when we show things on TV, we're showing the play. Maybe something's happening with the positioning of an infielder and outfielder that a scout in the stands can see. And that is something that's really going to help a team when you've never seen them. What are the little things? You know, we can, we can know the major things. What are the little things that a team or a player might be doing that can help us beat them? And in the case of the Mets and the Dodgers, we knew exactly that. And it, it definitely helped. But if you don't have scouts, Tony, you do not win. And I'm sure that the Astros had scouts, a whole bunch of scouts, just like the Washington Nationals, a whole bunch of scouts, because – they wanted to make sure that they knew every detail about the team that they were going to be playing. Yeah, because I think back in those days that if you didn't get good scouting reports, oh, boy. <laughs> because you, 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 it's, it's, it's not like you were seeing them in spring training either. Right. So you really haven't. No, you, and there wasn't a whole lot of player movement, so you really haven't seen these guys. Had not seen them. And, and I'll be honest with you, whenever you play any all-star game, I'm seeing guys, as I did in 1970, you know, maybe if the Giants are Cubs who train in Arizona, but I'm seeing guys like Roberto Clemente. You know, Pirates never trained in, in, in Arizona, so I never got to see him. I didn't see a lot of these guys. And I'm thinking, wow, I'm on the same field with Roberto Clemente. Can you believe this? He's hitting, and I'm catching. So, you know, it, it was totally different. And uh, just, just the fact, I think, trying to interleague play and, like you said, the movement of players, uh, that enables some because inevitably whenever there is – I'm sure Sean Doolittle and, and Kurt Suzuki were talking about the Houston Astros because in more recent times, they played against those guys. And so maybe they knew something, Zook as a catcher, Doolittle as a pitcher, maybe something that they could offer in these meetings that could help their teams. I'm sure Max Scherzer and, and Strasburg would talk to those guys and say, tell me something about some of the Houston Astros that you can help us. And just one little thing that can help, you're going to get it. And if a player has played on a team that you're playing, let's say in the World Series right now, you're going to just talk as much as you can, offer it if you're one of those players. But if you're not and you're a scout, what did you see that maybe we didn't see that can help us win? The Yankees won in 96, 98, 99, and 2000. And yep. so four out of five. And, they, and, of course, then they would lose to the Diamondbacks <laughs> in 01. But they're the last team to repeat the 98, 99, 2000. Yep. Why is it so tough to repeat? I'll be honest with you, Tony, and I'm disappointed when I hear managers and players saying, oh, we played that extra month of October and, you know, we're worn out. And I say, why? You have November, December, and January. And in most cases, I remember when Joe Madden's Rays went to the World Series, he took it easy on them. Uh, the, the everyday players said, okay, take a little bit of extra time because at that time they'd show up in spring training in February, have most, if not all of March, and start the season in, in April. But I think, and, and again, I, I, maybe from a pitcher standpoint, they need more time. But I'm thinking that if you have four months off, four, four full months off, to me, I think that gives your body enough time to recover. But 
you know, we saw the Boston Red Sox come back this year. They went to Seattle, lost three of four. We saw them in Oakland, they lost three out of four. From what I understood, one of their starting pitchers threw only 15 innings in spring training. Only 15 innings. I mean, normally you build up to 100 pitches to be ready to go, but those guys came out of spring training and they were not prepared. And I think one of the biggest reasons is that the clubs will say, we play the extra month, we have more pitches thrown by the pitchers, the position players are out there longer. But, Tony, your goal of starting spring training is to win the World Series. And, and you know, I, again, I, I'll say it again. When I showed up in 73, being traded to the A's for 10 days ago, I saw players very lackadaisical. And it wasn't a matter of saying we're tired. It was simply, as Dick Green said, we're ready. We know what we have to do. We know we're going to win our division. We're going to play somebody from the East. We're going to play a National League team in the World Series, and we're going to be world champs. I'm getting goosebumps just saying that. But that's exactly what the feeling was. Once you've won, you want to win again and again and again. Think of Derek Jeter. You know, I think he played something like 18 years before he did not play in postseason. I mean, it, it was an unbelievable number of times that it was automatic that when the season was over, he's playing in October. That is what you play the game for. Money is there. But you're wanting to get that world championship ring. And if you can be a part of a world championship team and get that World Series ring, you are a very proud person because you think of some of the greats, great Hall of Famers who played this great game of baseball, never, ever had a chance to win a world championship and to win that World Series ring. They have that Hall of Fame ring, but they would be more proud. Well, they're proud to be in the Hall of Fame. Nothing against that. But to be a world champion because there's only one every year there's only 25 players on that World Series roster that's going to get a world championship ring saying, I was part of that team that won that World Series. And for me, in 1973, I wear that ring very proudly because I was a part of that team. That was my first world championship, and I was fortunate to do it again. But, but Tony, the repeating part, what I experienced in 73, whenever we went to spring training in 74, it was, like, okay, we're going to win. Charlie Finley even had a slogan set up for 75, keep it alive in 75. It didn't work because the Red Sox swept us in three games. But it was that feeling of we're going to win. We want to win. We want to win world championships because that's the name of the game. That's why every player puts on that uniform and dreams of playing in a World Series. You think Kurt Suzuki, when he hit that home run, you know, his comment was, it was like I was floating on air. That is the most unbelievable feeling. I hit one off Don Sutton. And I'm thinking, I just hit a World Series home run. I couldn't believe it. And that's the feeling that you get because when you have 30 teams to start the season, you have 10 that participate starting October, you get down to two, and one is going to be left standing. That's going to be the world champion. And in 2019, it's either the Houston Astros, the Washington Nationals are going to be able to say, we were world champions in that year. And that is something that can never be taken away. Green and gold history with Ray Fossey here on A's Cast and A's Cast Live. So you won it in 73 and 74, but with two different managers. What was yeah. the difference between Dick Williams and Alvin Dark? Well, I think both Alvin Dark, who took over in 74, Dick Williams in 73, they both felt like they didn't want to mess it up. And I, I, I remember, and unfortunately they're both deceased, but I remember both saying, I just don't want to mess it up. Because when you have a lineup and you have a starting staff and you have a bullpen, you have a guy who can come out of the bullpen like Raleigh could and, and pitch three innings. And, and I remember being on the other side, and I tell teammates, I say, hey, guys, if we don't have a lead by the sixth inning, 
Number 34 is coming in to finish this game, and he is unbelievable. So let's try to get ahead so he doesn't come in to try to save the game for th- with three innings. But I think the stand, from the standpoint of both, and I will admit, Sal Bando, when Dick Williams managed in, I mean, basically he took over and they had a lot of success. And unfortunately, in 73, when he said, you know, I'm, I'm going to retire, I'm, I'm finished. And we couldn't believe it. So when Alvin Dark took over, you could imagine the players who came from Kansas City, who were part of the early A's winning under Dick Williams, and then a new manager comes in. And I remember there was a time that during the regular season, Alvin Dark was managing, and something happened in the game, and Sal Bando, the captain, he came in the clubhouse and he said, this manager couldn't manage a meat market. And he was screaming. And Charlie Finley's response was, you know, Rod, Sal, you're right, because it's hard to manage a meat market. So I could understand what you're saying. But there was something that happened, and it just did not feel right to Sal Bando, who the previous two years had won a world championship under Dick Williams. So there was a – I mean, everybody – we all knew that Alvin Dark was a good manager. I, I was with Alvin in Cleveland, so I knew he was good. Uh, so, But when he took over, it was almost like everybody felt that it was Charlie Finley running the show. Now, Charlie did do a lot of that himself or during the 72 and 73. I know 73 for sure. But Dick Williams never let us know that that was happening. And I think that's one of the biggest things that happened with the difference of, of Dick Williams and Alvin Dark. The presumption was that Alvin comes in as a manager. He's going to be told what to do by Charlie Finley. Can you imagine, Tony, that was in 74 and here we are, fast forward to 2018-19, you're looking at people being managers being told what to do. Well, in essence, Charlie Finley ran the show. I mean, he, he did it a lot. And there, was things that, there were things that, that he would say to Dick Williams, and Dick would say, no, I'm not going to do that, Charlie. And so, you know, we knew the old saying about he's got our back. Well, we knew that Dick Williams had our back. Alvin Dark did too, but it was a different way. And I think just because he was new, Dick Williams had been there, for that core group of guys that were with Dick Williams from the beginning and had success, it was just different to have a different person in that managerial role. Alvin Dark, to me, Tony, was one of the best of being able to manage two to three innings in advance. You have to do that as a manager. It's hard to manage at bat by at bat, pitch by pitch. You have to be thinking in advance. You'll see Bob Melvin, who's one of the best I've ever seen, if not the best. He will be looking at his lineup card, trying to determine who's going to pitch against this guy. You know, am I going to pinch it here? Those are things that managers have to do. Alvin Dark was brilliant when it came to that. But it was, again, the perception of somebody knew, Dick Williams was there, and I think that was the biggest difference of having two managers in back-to-back years winning, winning world championships. Let's end on this. When you know it's over, the run's over. Just how much does that suck? It's terrible. <laughs> hey, listen, in 1975, when I went back, to Cleveland, actually, after that season, I remember, Tony, um, and again, the difference of playing on a winner and a loser. When I went back to Cleveland in 1976, there was a relief pitcher who stood up in a team meeting and said, guys, I, you know, I think we're out here too much, spending too much time. I said, hold on. I said, there's your difference of winning and losing. When you win, you can't wait to come to the park. When you lose, you find ways that you don't want to come to the park. You see, guys, and it's a different thing now just because of the way guys prepared everything but I remember we would get to the park and it would be funny story in 73 my first year in the in the five game uh division series our league championship at the time I was Sal Bando Gene Tennis Joe Rudy and Ike Harpool together the first day I was in my uh, place with my wife Carol 
They honked. I came out. The next day, I'm out on the front steps. The next day, I'm out. They say, what are you doing? I was out on the curb. I said, let's go. Let's go. We're ready to go. And, and that's the difference of, of wanting to win. But when I went back to Cleveland, knowing and thinking that we were going to lose, that was the difference because I had had success for three years playing with the world champion Oakland Athletics, and I think that's the biggest thing. Fossey, you're the best. We'll talk in a couple weeks. Tally, you're the one that's the best because you are multitasking better than anybody in the world. But I do appreciate, as always, talking to you. You're a good man and uh, continue doing a great job. The face of the franchise, Ray Fossey. little green and gold history here on A's Cast, powered by TuneIn. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.